welcome to today's episode of the Earwig Review. I'm thinking of changing the name of this podcast to Six New Poems. It's uh, more straightforward. And uh, I almost did. I went on the podcast website thing and I typed it in and I clicked it but then I didn't pull the trigger on it because I just don't want to turn my back on all of the good times we've had here on the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world the Earwig Review that said I don't even seem to write fiction (laughs) at this point um, lately, even though I still feel like I do. That's a fun thought. Um, Even though I basically just am doing this, you know, every day is kind of just a new journaling exercise. I still feel like I'm writing fiction, um, which is good. I don't I really don't know what I mean by that. I've no I don't know what that means because that is not what fiction is, but but I feel like it's correct. And uh, uh <laughs> and that is how I feel. Um I've made uh some as we're kind of slowly uh making our way into the second season here second season being the episodes that have taken place after the birth of my daughter Nora Um, I changed I'm not even gonna I took all of the the episodes off of YouTube so all the video component I just kind of put them on hold for a sec just gonna do go back to doing audio see how that feels again because it seems like a little more simple, a little more fun, and the YouTube page was... I wanted to, to adapt that too, so it's just the, um, the weekly videos, the journal entries um, of the week, just to make, it, to make it more straightforward and to make this more straightforward and see how it feels. Though I like the way they kind of um you know layered over top of each other uh, i wanted to see how this would feel to separate them um another new change i've been um printing the uh poems into a little booklet it's um eight and a half by 11 pages but uh two pages per sheet so it ends up folding up really nicely into i don't know what is this uh, four by 5.5 book and then I tape it and staple it and it's a great little little book for the week and uh, and it really reminds me of um, some of the, the best days um, of some of the best days of my life um, when I was about tw- I don't know 21 years old or something maybe 22 early 20s 
and me and my one of my best friends in the world, Sean McAllister, um, would go and um, make these little chapbooks um, like this, and we'd write little poems every week, and um, and we'd sell them. We'd sell these little books of poems to random strangers at the uh, on the street and um our friends and then we would get like i don't know five bucks a book or something and then i think we'd do like special editions and it was like this one's like 10 bucks or something <laughs> and then we would see how much money we got and then we would go to the liquor store and drink it all away and do it all again the next week so really this um, it's like this whole podcast is basically just turned into kind of, um, you know, an homage to, to that time when we, um, we knew exactly what we were doing, but we didn't think that we did. That's how I look back on those times. And really, I don't think that the poems I was writing then were any better or worse than the ones I'm writing now. Um, in t today's episode, I will read the 900th poem of this, um, of this just kind of, I don't know, uh, three-year-long tangent I've been on of writing a poem every day except for Saturday, uh, which is the whole premise of the show. Six new poems written Monday through Sunday. No, Sunday through Friday. <laughs> whatever's minus Saturday. And, um, and, and one of the questions I have is, um, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, have the poems gotten any better? Maybe, I don't know. It's impossible to tell. Um, it's not really a, can't really help but, but wonder, but at the same time, the less I think about it, the better off I am. Um, so, I'll read that, and um, I feel like I, as usual, have so much to say about about all of this, but um, happy to be recording today, and uh, I'm just trying to slow down my thoughts because I realized they got ahead of me. Oh, I changed the theme song. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but... Um, I don't, I don't even know if I'll keep this as the theme song, but as just a little um, recording I, I made, uh, I don't know, in the f spring or something that I used in a video. And uh, and I really liked that song. And I was just like, I just don't feel like it's it's dead yet. So I was like, okay, let's, um, let's see if it's, let's test it out and see if maybe it's the theme for uh, for season two here at the Earwig Review, also known as uh, Six New Poems, the new podcast. Um, I want to talk a bit about um, this, uh, this feeling of, of um, you know, okay, I've written 901 of these things, and I don't know if they're... 
how does something get better like this? How do how do you measure the quality or feel like you've gotten better? And um, and maybe you don't. That's kind of just the way it goes. It's it's not really up to you. Um, maybe the tone of it, like the point of view of the me writing these things, is obviously matured. Uh, I can think back to, you know how frantic and weird it felt to write some of them in the early days and now how it feels like incredibly normal and it feels like work and I appreciate that feeling of work I know that sometimes you can get scared of like um, doing something you love too much that it you it loses the passion but I think that's a good thing I actually enjoy that because the more boring and the more you feel like you've done it hundreds time, hundreds of times and it's just whatever like when you show up at a shift at your job um then the glamour and kind of the the idea of the thing um is no longer what you're there for you're actually just needing to get through the work for the sake of what it is not oh i'm it's so great that i'm um and in teaching uh, i'm doing this teaching job now so at first it's like oh wow this is really interesting to uh, to like be like oh i'm a teacher i'm teaching that's a really new thing and now i still appreciate that but the the excitement and the the glitter of that is worn off and now it's like wow i'm gonna do i've taught this class now 30 times um and now i gotta do it start from zero and do it again and do it again and do it again but it's like, then you get into like, really, what are you teaching? Really, what are you saying? And how are you connecting to these people? And the real work can begin. So um, I think that this, that notion of um, losing the, the passion for something that, that you love because you've done it too much and it turned into work. Yeah, that's good. I think it should be like that. And you should rediscover what you loved about it the more you do it um, and not be afraid of that. Um, I've got, I want to, what, this is what I want to do, but thus far I am too intimidated to, to start, but, um, but it's been on my mind more and more, excuse me. Um, and I, in my head, I was always going to wait till the thousand, till I had a thousand of these poems. And then I wanted to basically, pick the best, I don't know, 100, 150, 200, something, like whatever the number is, but make like a proper book out of, um, you know, a selected poems, if you will. Um, if, uh, I, I don't know, it seems so daunting. I'm like, I just, I think the way to go about it is maybe just to hit command print and print the whole manuscript once I get to a thousand and then just start going through it and being like, this one's good, this one sucks, this one maybe, this one's good, and just start making a pile and doing it that way. Um, yeah, and then maybe thinking about a way of kind of releasing that in, uh, in a way. I don't know. That's been on my mind. I'd, I'd be curious to see how that would feel to start 
kind of building um building a book out like that but um hasn't happened yet um though i didn't plan for it to happen until i got to a thousand anyway so maybe in about three months from now um so there's your preamble intro to the show and um let us now read six new poems Digesting the milk. After all these years of being myself, I wonder if it has ever been any more complicated than milk and gas. I can feel how my daughter's skull has hardened, her hair is filling out, and her limbs are growing. But the need for milk and the difficulty of digesting it remains. Me, you, and the next guy, we're all just digesting the milk, screaming in between laughing dumbly at things we cannot even see. Perhaps there is no need to think that there is anything more than that. Um, I actually like this one. This would go into the pile of um, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't put this in the maybe or the no pile. I think this actually feels simple and true. And um, maybe the ending laughing dumbly at things we cannot even see perhaps there's no need to think that it is any more complicated than 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 that or something there's anything more than that yeah i'm maybe it's just kind of a grammar flow type thing for that last little bit i mean maybe it's a matter of killing that last bit so it would go um me, you, and the next guy, we're all just digesting the milk, screaming in between, laughing dumbly at things we cannot even see. Um, I'm thinking of how last week I was kind of starting to go into the endings a bit more. And um, endings are tough. And in video form, when I've been, been editing, they're also, it's really hard to get the right ending. It's so satisfying when it works, but sometimes it just doesn't exist. Um, so I'm going to just, because when I was reading it, I felt like that we hit the high note laughing dumbly at things we cannot even see. And that last sentence is kind of redundant, that last bit. So I'm just, I just crossed it out. Let's, let's do that. Now we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, instead of nine groups, but, um, that doesn't matter. <laughs> if it's eight or nine um, to talk a little bit about uh, my daughter um, it is you know when they first come out this I know once you've had a kid this is something you learn um, that their uh, their skull isn't like it's it's um, it's not hardened it's like um, I'm trying to think about the right word it's not like collapsible but it's like it shifts so that they can um, exit the um, birth canal properly. Um, and, uh, and then it slowly hardens as they, um, as they grow up. And I can feel on her head how it's like, um, it's really amazing to, to slowly feel her skull just like form together. <laughs> Imagine that, you know? Um, her hair 
is started to fall out on the top, which apparently is normal. They have like their original baby hair, then it falls out and some new stuff comes in. So on Monday I said, or no, this was last Sunday. I, I was saying her hair was filling out, but now actually the opposite has happened. And, um, and she's been having trouble digesting her food um, the last couple days, dealing with a bit of a bout of constipation. Um, but when we did get out of her, what we did, um, about 24 hours ago, which now we're like, damn, she hasn't gone about a day, but apparently that's okay. It was like a concrete mixer, you know, was, was what we kept saying, just kept like pouring out. <laughs> it's so funny, but it was, there was so like, just the amount of wet, what are they called? Wet wipes and paper towel we had to use to fucking clean that up and and mirrors i'm like why don't you just put her in the sink because like, we didn't know when it was going to stop <laughs> it's like okay done but it just kept going anyway the uh the whole sentiment of the this poem is is like just watching how much the the body like relies on that the the function to eat and digest what you eat as like its primary function when you when with these babies right like that's at the at the the that's like the main thing really of what what they're doing before anything else that's what's at like your your real core um and uh we think we're so much more than that when we're living our daily lives and trying to be smart and you know do interesting stuff but it's like you know how interesting are you really (laughs) so digesting the milk great great poem to start us off for the week okay next up the apple taste Sometimes when I eat an apple, it gets a strange texture that I love. Often you can taste that texture in a dried apple, and sometimes that taste comes in a real apple. I know some people think a lot about what is going on in the world, reading all kinds of interesting things and being able to write about it. But for me, writing is different. It is about emptying the tank and focusing on as little as possible until... I come up with something. I don't know how to explain what it is. It is just something. I often feel self-conscious about the value of what I write, but I always keep going ahead, trying to find the apple taste. Well, there's a better ending. I like that. This kind of reminds me of the old, old style poems I used to write where I would start with an idea and then go completely in like a random tangent um, the the more random and, and disconnected the better and then try to land, try to circle back to the beginning and land on its um, try to stick the landing or whatever and this one feels like that but without going into weird directions it's actually really coherent to me sometimes when Eva I get I gets a strange texture that I love often you can taste the texture and try it out for so you know this might be a, a already been communicated to you and when i read it but 
there's this like when you have a dried apple there's like this weird squish you know and it's so it really brings me back to being young and and i when i was a little kid those little dried apples <laughs> you know that you can get i used to love them so much i just thought it was the best taste and um lately um and i think i've written poems about it before but I have like this tradition of um, eating an apple and when I'm writing my poem at the end of the night. Um, just It's kind of like eating an apple at the end of the day before I go to bed, I find it's just like really um, makes me happy. And, um, and when I was eating this regular apple, I just caught that taste. I don't know if I've ever had it so strongly in a um in an apple a real apple before in a fresh apple before <laughs> and uh i don't know i just was like that it just it gave me this feeling of like specialty and of like magic and of happiness and of weirdness and of nostalgia and of so many different things it was such a complicated feeling um to have over something so simple and that to me is what a lot of what writing poems and doing any any creative stuff is about is like hitting that um um that zone where it's just like it's just perfect it's just like but it's doesn't it's not perfect in that it's correct it's it's just new and great and sad and and it's so many different things that that are all in one that strikes you as something maybe you've never been able to articulate before i think that's what it is i think when i was um there was a time in my in my later 20s i guess i'm always thinking about the past and and everything um where I really became obsessed with trying to discover something new um, with the creative stuff. I'm like, I just want it to be new. Like it's never been done before. I've never been, never seen it before. I've never like, it's just like, um, like the, it has to be like fresh or something like that. But that, and, and, and I think it, kind of makes made me obsessed with like commercialism um and and capitalism in a way that thinking that there's there's um if you could have this new thing then you would be elevated that you would transcend whatever and I think it, it seemed like the technology that we all had had changed so much too. It was like, I don't know, whatever the state of like the internet, just everything was more. It was like once the, I don't know, I, don't, I really don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. It just was like the first time people got nostalgic about like the computers of, um, like the 90s we could identify like oh 
this is like feels like a new kind of age of computers now and then suddenly we were nostalgic for this old we realized that there was like a new um a new kind of nostalgia for a computer type of computer age and so this idea of kind of newness really struck me I, you know this was like the time right before i quit doing drugs and and drinking and all that shit so i was like going down a very spiritually bankrupt uh, meaningless kind of path so my thoughts were like this isn't i don't wasn't leading to anything great but um it's that i eventually realized i was wrong about trying to get the new thing it's about I was trying to articulate what was already there or trying to uncover what was already there that's what to me that was more fulfilling and useful than um than this other idea of searching for the new all the time. And uh, and that's what this poem's about. When I just had this bite of this apple, I was just like, huh. There's so, that's so, whatever I tasted is just beyond, uh, it transcends the, the this moment. And and it's, that's very uh, special and meaningful. It reminded me of being a young. Uh, a t- it, tr- it took me back in time, and I remembered like suddenly I remembered like the way that this the carpet on my family staircase in our like old house used to feel, you know. And it felt true. And so I guess what I was reflecting on in this poem afterward is like how my I was feeling self-conscious about feeling really disconnected from like current events, especially with the baby. Like I'm I don't keep up very well in the first place, let alone now that we're taking care of this this baby and it's just like our world became very specific to to her. Um, and, and, um, and I was thinking about like, I guess what's it, what would be like an interesting, relevant piece of writing for a lot of people, um, something that's like, says something new or says something interesting or something good. Whereas I'm like, no, for me, it's, it's so the opposite. It's like emptying everything out, um, in order to you know, get to something that feels more to that I identify as, as authentic to myself. And um, the the value of that, by and large, I think can is debatable. It's not it's hard to to measure. Um, but it is, it is of, of concern to me. I think also that um, it's funny to think about this notion of needing to like digest all of my experience and get to some place of emptiness um, 
and it's almost like this idea of like needing to eat and then digest and how that works kind of with the intellect and your thoughts and and in order for you to kind of to be constipated in your brain <laughs> to to not be able to get past certain things i think that maybe that process if that's what our, our physicality is is so based on then our thoughts maybe our thoughts work like that too and we need to like process them um and uh and for me it's you know where's the intellectual fiber and protein i think maybe that's it and um this week i read a book very short book um by uh carl of nausgaard who i've really been enjoying so much and this one's called inadvertent and it's about his writing process and um I really enjoyed it so much. I was like going to pull quotes from it to to read on the show, but um, I would it would just be the whole book. And it's it's uh, I think it's really based on a speech he gave or something. It's like ninety pages, and the text the pages are tiny and the words are huge. Um, but it's pretty perfect. Um, I really really enjoyed um, reading it, and and I enjoy his outlook, and I. I I think it's um, both high in protein and fiber when it comes to, um, you know, getting through the day. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up. This is a good episode. Those are two. I'm happy with those two so far. Those are two good ones. Um, let's see, I got, next one's my cat, then I got, turned 33 years old, new memory, and tomorrow we're going to Walmart. Great. No, this is like, this is potentially the best episode of all time that I've ever done. Let's see. My cat. Sometimes when I finally sit down to write. My cat decides to jump onto my desk. He walks across my keyboard, pushes his head against the monitor, and opens the desk drawer with his paw. He did it today, so I walked with him downstairs to the fridge and and served him a quail egg. It has meant a lot to me to have a cat like him. I consider him my best friend in the world. My cat. Oh, there's another page. I did this last time too with these um, with these two page with this. Now that I'm doing it off the booklet, I forget that there's another two page poems. Okay, let me. Uh, I'm just gonna read it from the top. Sometimes when I finally sit down to write, my cat decides to jump onto my desk. He walks across my keyboard, pushes his head against the monitor, and opens the desk drawer with his paw. He did it today. So I walked with him downstairs to the fridge and served him a quail egg. It has meant a lot to me to have a cat like him. I consider him my best friend in the world. I hope that he knows how much I care about him. I hope that he knows how brave he is. I'm supposed to go home to visit my family sometime in the next few months. I need to bring my daughter there to meet everyone. 
But the truth is I don't want to go because I don't want to leave my cat. I don't want to be away from him, even for one day. He is sleeping now in his cat tree, my best buddy of all time. And that is a poem for my cat who uh, really, I don't know, he just... They say that... I remember people saying before I had a kid that like, they're like, you know, you think you love your cat as much as anything in the world. You know, people love their pets. And like, I can't imagine loving anything more than that. <laughs> but the love that you have with your cat is different than the love you have with the child. The, to compare the two is just kind of foolish. It, they're just, it's, um, it's a different wavelength. And uh, I love my cat completely. And I feel like there's never been a love as pure and as, I don't know, reciprocated, even when I know he doesn't give a shit. And if, um, you know, how cats... they. He could move on to the next guy as long as he was getting his food and probably be all right. They just don't have that same kind of, you know, thing. But um, but I just love him. And, and every day that he's here, I'm like, I just, ha- it hasn't worn off on me. You know, uh, yesterday I had a nightmare that um, that he got lost. And then I woke up and we wasn't we couldn't find him in the house and I have like a little apple tracker on him. Um so I you know look on my phone, I'm like, okay, he's in the house, but where? And I'm like, oh god. So this happens sometimes where he he sneaks into the laundry not the laundry room, but the furnace room, and then he kind of climbs through the he climbs up and he gets under the floorboards and like he's somewhere He's underneath the floor and he can't get to him. And I can hear him like, you can hear him meowing in weird spots. And I'm like following him around in the, with the tracker and I can see him moving. And the thing is one, he can't get down without help. Cause it's so, he's like on top of all the, he can get up, but he can't get down. So I like get up on this little step ladder and I'm like, you know, literally making a, um, like a pathway for his paws from like this wire down to like the top of the shelf so that he can climb down. Um, and, it, you know, eventually I got him down and lured him out some treats and everything. And uh, and it's just so, I get so sad that even once he was he was already back, I'm just like, I feel so much sadness and longing for, um, for him in the event that he... Uh, that he would get lost or that he was sad or alone or something like that. And um, it's really just amazing how much we can project our emotions and our, um, and our past kind of uh, whatever our, our past things from our past, maybe the things that weren't quite fulfilled or that, you know, the friends we, we never felt like we had or the, the love we never felt like we could find. You can put all of that towards 
uh, it can be projected all through your pet. And for me, it's like overwhelming um, how much this cat means to me. And I, and I just love him dearly. And we had a great morning today, just hanging out. And I just drank coffee and read this book. And, and he was just sitting by the window and we were, you know, just there together. And I just, in my, in my stomach, in my gut, I just feel like warm when I sit near him. And, uh, it's truly one of the, uh, the joys of life. So if I had to make kind of a list of like how to live a good life, getting a cat and i know for some people it's a dog fine maybe get one of each it doesn't matter but get a pet that you that you love um and uh you know there's there's there isn't anything as good out there in the world than than having a pet that um the that you have that kind of relationship with so life just isn't as meaningful without it i don't know <laughs> i really i just have to I have to recommend it i wish i had gotten a cat when i was you know i should have always had one i should have always had one but i didn't know i was allergic to them for a long time too but anyway this is a poem called you had turned 33 years old. And it is only one page. Just checking. Today was your birthday. When I was at work, you texted me. She just fell asleep. That was the toughest round yet, I think. I had to cry with her for a while because she wouldn't stop. When I came home, Nora was downstairs with your mother. You had your hair in a towel. You were watching TV and pumping milk. You had turned 33 years old. You were pumping milk again now. Nora is sleeping in the bassinet beside you. We tried to show you how much we love you by spending our money and drawing you cards, but we aren't able to explain ourselves to the full extent. Still, I think you know that our world revolves around you. Soon, another year will pass in what will seem like only a few days. You are sleeping now, and I'm trying to calm Nora. I hope that you will be able to get some rest. Um, so that was a poem I'd written to my wife Miriam um, on her birthday this week. And... I think there's a difference of like, like I wrote her, her a card for her birthday in which, you know, I try to, it's like writing a poem, but it's like, there's no, there's an audience of one. So you you hit all these sentimental notes um, as much as you can possibly come up with, you, you know, as much as you whatever you can you whatever comes up when you write someone a card right it's a great thing to do write someone a card and tell them uh, you give a shit about them 
and I was, I was like, wow, it's, it's different than writing a poem. But I think a bit of like, and I wrote that the, the night before her birthday. And then the day of her birthday, I had this like, um, the, I guess the tone of it was still there, like talking in like the second person to addressing it to her. And, and that was like a, an interesting, um, I don't usually do that, but, but it, I think it was good. I think there's a lot, there's a big well there. And I, I think I wrote her a lot in that card, but I had more to say in, uh, in this poem to her. And um, the, it was my first day back at work since the baby was born. And obvious, and it was Mary's birthday. And it happens to be the day where Nora just like was going crazy for, you know, two hours or three hours pretty much right after, soon after I left. And uh, it was really tough for Miriam. And she said they just, you know, they just cried with her until eventually she calmed down. And then her mom was, I think her mom was at the dentist or something. And then so she, she was just all alone in the house with Nora. And then her mom took her and she went and had a shower and was just kind of alone on her birthday. And there's something about like, watching Miriam have a birthday with a baby. It's different. It just kind of shifts. It's a different different outlook, I guess. Different way of looking at the birthday. And you learn to admire birthdays a bit more once you like have been there for the reason you're celebrating, if that makes sense. Once before I had a kid it was like birthdays are just this like I don't know, standard thing, but it seems like once you understand, you know, the miracle of, of, you know, the kid being born, it's like, yeah, that's what you're celebrating. But the kid just is like, yeah, where's my present? So it's, uh, I don't know. I thought that was something to, some that was interesting. And um, I think that what's tough like you know with these poems they're always trying to like explain um explain things specifically in a way that kind of normal sentences and vernacular can't really do justice to but even then i don't think explaining um it seems easier to explain um my love for my cat than my love for another human and that's why I say, like, to compare the two things is, like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, it's It seems it's easier to express um, my love for my cat than it is to express my love for my wife or my daughter. Uh, maybe that says more about me than, than anything, but they're different. It's a different... It's just different. Um, and I think the line that stuck with me in this poem that I just read is still I think you know that our world revolves around you um, because I you know it, I think Miriam is really the, the core of um, our our lives she's just like the center of it um, for me for Mouse our cat for Nora that's 
Miriam's kind of the one that, that holds us all together from my perspective. Um, she's just the, she's, she's the, she's the star of it, you know? Anyway, happy birthday, Miriam. I love you. And I'll keep trying to write you better, uh, better poems. Okay. New memory. I got to spend some good time. Sorry, let me start again. I got to spend some good one-on-one -on -one time with my daughter today. I set her bas I set her bassinet up on my desk. She slept until she got fussy. I changed her diaper a few times. I gave her milk and burped her. I'm very grateful to have this new memory, spending the day together in my office. Tomorrow when I go to work downtown, I will miss her. I will look at pictures of her on my phone during my lunch break. And I will look forward to getting home at the end of the day to see her again. Um, it's, it seems like what I did was I wrote a poem for the cat. I wrote a poem for the wife and I wrote a poem for the daughter um, this week. That was kind of the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of it all. Um, and, uh, it was hard to explain. I, I remember trying to type this out and I, I don't, I guess I kind of didn't really get there. Um, but what it felt like to just spend, to just hang out, you know, when, when you have certain, when you hang out with one friend, it like elicits like a very specific feeling of how, how that feels. And you hang out with another friend and that's a different world, different feeling get to know people and it's like the, the feeling of it all right and what i was trying to acknowledge here that i i can see i totally lost sight of but the, the, what i was originally trying to do um was talk about how it felt to hang out with this person um with my daughter and what one-on-one -on -one time with her feels like and it's too um it's too abstract at this point as she's a three week old um, baby but it's a certain you just get to know her personality and, and I just like I don't know if I'm projecting onto that too but she just seems like forgiving patient um, funny but I feel like she also is very straightforward and um that she doesn't want to take any shit but she she won't take any shit but she is very forgiving i feel like that's what i what i see from her and i, I don't know if that's foolish to you know attribute all of these personality traits to a newborn um but but it feels a certain way to hang out with her you know just like two people in a room so I don't know. It was a it was a really nice day to spend one on one time with her too. Because it's just like usually it's the three of us and Miriam's. It's one of the first time Miriam's been out of the house, and I've just been alone with with Nora um, for an extended period of time. So that was a it was a big day. And we did good, and I was lucky she didn't completely spaz out like she did for Miriam the day before. But she was fussy for about an hour and a half, and. I mean, so I, 
I couldn't write or really do anything. I just had to take care of her. And that's been one of my biggest fears about having a kid of like, how will I manage that? And I don't know, you just do it. And that's what it is. Okay, I got one more for you today. Um, it's called Tomorrow We Are Going to Walmart. Tomorrow we are going to Walmart. I'm having trouble remembering why. I'm happy to sit here not knowing, but I have remembered. We need to get some more formula for the baby. I don't know why we are going to Walmart and not some other store. It is just what my wife said that we were going to do, so that is fine. I'm laughing thinking about it for some reason, how banal it can be. She said that since it is raining, we will go to Walmart. It is all quite beautiful, the thought of the impending rain and the thought of Walmart. It is enough to sit here now and think of it. Um, I want to fix that one up a bit. I was really excited for this. was like probably my favorite poem of the week for some reason. Um, all of yesterday when I thought of like what I wrote. Uh, the poems I wrote this week, I was like, I really like that Walmart one, but now reading it, I'm like, this is like, what the fuck? Tomorrow we're going to Walmart. I'm having trouble remembering why. And then it says, I'm happy to sit here not knowing, but I have remembered. It's like, that just is kind of fucked. So how do we fix that? Tomorrow we're going to Walmart. I'm having trouble remembering why. I'm going to go, what if it was, tomorrow we're going to Walmart. We need to get some more formula for the baby. I don't know why we're going to Walmart and not some other store. Yeah, it's like this whole like meta fucking shit about being so in the moment that I'm like, I don't remember why. Oh, now I remembered. It's like, you know, it's a gimmick, right? Tomorrow we're going to Walmart. Um, so we're going to lose those three lines. One two, three. Tomorrow we're going to Walmart. We need to get some formula for the baby. I don't know why we're going to Walmart, Lion Break, and not some other store. It's just what my wife said that we we're going to do, so that is fine. I'm laughing thinking about it for some reason, how banal it can be. She said that since it is raining, we will go to Walmart. It's just what my wife said that we were going to do, so that is fine. So I might lose that. I'm laughing, thinking about it for some reason, how banal it can be. It's just what my wife said we were going to do, so that's fine. She said that since it's raining, we will go. It is all quite beautiful, the thought of the impending rain and the thought of Walmart. It is enough to sit here. It is enough to sit here now and think. Think of it. And think of how banal it can be okay let me try to read that again tomorrow we are going to walmart we need to get some more formula for the baby i don't know why we are going to walmart and not some other store it is just what my wife said that we are going to do so that is fine she said that since it is raining we will go it is all quite beautiful the thought of the impending rain and the thought of Walmart. Is it enough? It is enough to sit here now and think of how banal it can be. 
Um, right. I'm going to go, I'm going to make one more revision. It is just that what my wife said. My wife's, it is just what my wife said that we were going to do. I don't know why we're going to walk around some other store. She said that we're, I want to get this idea that it was, that it was, we're going because it's raining, because it's true. It's just, my wife said that we're going to go because it is raining. Because it is raining. So, so that is what we will do. So that is fine. Losing that. Okay, now I've really shrunk this thing down. Let me try again. Tomorrow, we're going to Walmart. We need to get some more formula for the baby. I don't know why we are going to Walmart and not some other store. My wife said that's what we were going to do because it is raining. So that is fine. It's all quite beautiful. The thought of the impending rain and the thought of Walmart. It is enough to sit here now and think of how banal it all can be. All right, I'll, I'll buy that. It's funny how um, I remembered it as being more special than it inevitably was. But uh, there's six new poems for the week, July 9th to 14th. New episode, another hour on record. Thank you again for listening, as usual. Um,